ahead and turn to Psalm 107. Psalm 107, that's where we're going to be in God's Word today. I'm so thankful today, uh, Brother Bradley opened us with a message of thanksgiving, and he talked about the faithfulness of God, and then Brother Andy and the praise team, they lead us in worship songs that, that talk about the faithfulness of God, and I don't know about you, but as I was sitting there with you this morning, and I was looking up at the stage, and I saw this stained glass up here, just lit up with the image of Jesus. My prayer today is that, that you'll focus on Jesus, that you'll just see Jesus through this message, that you'll feel the presence of Jesus Christ in your heart and in your mind today. You know, when I give thanks, I give thanks for my family. I'm so thankful for a mom and dad that loved me, that raised me, that, that brought me to church, that told me about Jesus. I'm thankful for my grandparents. I'm thankful for my Aunt Nancy. You've heard me tell many, many stories about my Aunt Nancy and my Uncle James. I'm, I'm thankful that, that God gave me another set of parents and Doc and Trudy and a, and a wife and kids. I'm so thankful for so many things. Uh, it's like Brother Mike said earlier, uh, he could just run out of paper and ink if he were to try to write it all down. Uh, that's the way I feel today, but I'm going to tell you, um, my greatest thanksgiving, my greatest thankfulness, it's for Jesus Christ. Because none of these other things would matter apart from Jesus. Nothing else would matter apart from Jesus. You know, over these past few weeks, that's what we've been focused on. Giving thanks. Throughout the Bible, you see those two words over and over again. Give thanks, give thanks, give thanks. And last week we celebrated Harvest Day together. And we gave thanks together. As a matter of fact, you preached the message with me last Sunday when we looked at Psalm 136. The, the message that you preached to me and with me last Sunday is, His love endures forever. Do you remember that? You said it a bunch. I, I hope you didn't just say it Sunday morning. I hope you kept saying it all week long. His love endures forever. Brother Bradley, in his opening this morning, said his faithfulness never ends. His love endures forever. And when you think about God's enduring love, you can't help but think about Jesus. You see, God rescued you. He rescued me from our sinful condition. He, he rescued us. He redeemed us. And that's really what we're going to be looking at today. We're going to be looking at the redemption that God made for you and for me. It cost Him. It cost Him His Son. It cost Him the blood of Jesus Christ. So today, as we focus on redemption, I, I want to I challenge you, when you give thanks to God, it's also an opportunity for you to tell your story. Have you noticed over these past few Sundays, uh, every, every Sunday a deacon has come forward and said, I give thanks. I give thanks. Brother Bradley did this morning. I give thanks. And when they gave thanks, right, they were giving thanks to God, but you got to be a part of that. They were telling their story to you about how good God has been to them. And I believe all of us, when we give thanks, it's an opportunity to tell our story. It's an opportunity for us to point others to God, to His enduring love. It's an opportunity for us to point people to Jesus. I love the book of Psalms. In his commentary, Dr. David Jeremiah says this, he says, when David 
was nearing the end of his life, David designated 4,000 Levites. Okay, this was the, the family of priests. He designated 4,000 Levites to praise the Lord with musical instruments in his castle, in his home. Not only that, it says, in addition, David sent more than 300 other Levites to sing worship songs in the temple. Think about that for just a minute. 4,000 Levites playing musical instruments to the glory of God for everyone to hear. 300 more Levites, more priests in the temples singing worship songs to God, but everyone could hear it. Telling the story of God's enduring love. Did you know that the Hebrew word for the book of Psalms is tehillim? Tehillim. That word means praises. So when you read the book of Psalms, what you're reading is a book of praises. The Bible tells us that that God is good. The Bible tells us that God's love endures forever. The Bible tells us that God is faithful. The Bible tells us that God is our Father. So how could we not praise Him? How could we not sing out? How could we not shout? in, In our Wednesday night Bible study this past Wednesday, we looked at Psalm 100, and the very first word of Psalm 100 is shout. Shout to the Lord, right? That word shout, in the Hebrew language, it is always used with victory in mind. it's, It's about victory. And so we know as Christ followers today that we have victory, but we have victory in Jesus. In nothing else and in no one else, we have victory. So how could we not praise God? And so this morning, I want us to praise God by reading Psalm 107. Now, we're not going to read the entire chapter. It's a very long chapter. We're going to read the first nine verses, but the first nine verses set the tone and point the direction. It's the direction of the entire psalm, Psalm 107. So I want you to look at the first nine verses with me, and I want you to look at the first two words. Give thanks, right? Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. And here's another reminder, like we saw last Sunday, His love endures forever. Let the redeemed, look at verse 2, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Don't miss that. If you are redeemed in this house today, if you have repented of your sin and put your faith in Jesus Christ, If you are the redeemed, then you should be telling your story. It's not something you bottle up and put on a shelf. It's not something that you keep quiet about. It's something you should shout about. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those He redeemed from the hand of the foe, those He gathered from the lands, from east and west, from north and south. Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks. Do you see that? Another time. Give thanks. Let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love and His wonderful deeds for mankind. 
for he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. I love these first nine verses, and I do want to challenge you when you get the opportunity, maybe later today, maybe later this week, I want you to go through and read all of Psalm 107. Now, it'll take you a little while, and I want you to read it and think about these first nine verses. See, I believe this. You give thanks because God loves you. We see that right off the bat. Give thanks because God loves you. Listen, we know this. The Bible says God is love. God is love. That's what John tells us in his letters in 1 John and 2 John and 3 John. He tells us that in the gospel. God pours himself out to us and for us. As a matter of fact, Paul said in Romans chapter 5 verse 8 that God demonstrated his own love, his enduring love, his unfailing love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God's love to us God's love for us, it is everlasting. It is unfailing. That's what the psalmist says. His love endures forever. Think about that for just a moment. How many of you in the last week had to fill your car up with gas? Probably anybody that drove a vehicle, right? Anybody ever drove a vehicle and you never had to fill it up? Because I want to talk to you. I want to, actually, I want to make a trade with you. Yeah, listen, our vehicles, we constantly have to put gas in it. Why? Because they run out of gas. It's not a fun thing either, is it, when you go to the gas pump and it's $3 a gallon, right? Listen to me. How many of you, you ate a meal this week? Probably everybody. Okay, when that meal was over, did you say, well, I'm done, I never have to eat again? Nope, you were already planning your next meal. If you're a Baptist... Yesterday morning, we had work day, and the building grounds team was here, and, and man, I showed up, and I had a cup of coffee. I didn't know I was coming and getting some breakfast. Man, they fed me. They, they, they had pancakes, and they had a little done bacon and some well-done bacon, and I had a little bit of both, because, I you know, I had to make sure that both of them were good. But do but you know what happened? We got up there and started working, and as we started working and sweating, I was already thinking about, what am I going to eat for lunch? Right? Let me tell you something about God's love. It will never run out. You'll never run out of God's love. It's always available. It's always there. It's it's better better than that gassing up that vehicle, right? And filling up that belly. Listen, God's love is always available. It's always there. As the psalmist says, it is everlasting. You know, there's this thing called an everlasting gobstopper. Anybody ever bought any of those? Anybody ever tried one? I, I, that's false advertising, right? Because they run out, and they run out real fast, and you have to get another one, right? So that, that's false advertising. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go look it up. An everlasting gobstopper. Oh, they're big, but I'm going to tell you what, they run out. They do run out. They don't last. God's love lasts forever and ever and ever. And it's not based on your performance. It's not based on who you are. It's based on who He is. Listen to me. God loves you as much today as He did yesterday, and He'll love you that much tomorrow. I don't know about you, but that's something to give thanks for. That's something to shout about. 
That's something to tell others about. Let me tell you about my God. We listened to the song this morning on the way to church. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Mm. So you give thanks because God loves you. Not only that, I love this in the psalm that we just read. You give thanks because God leads you. Don't you love that? God leads you. In this psalm, most theologians believe that the psalmist, especially in these first nine verses, he's referring to those moments in Israel's history when God rescued them and led them out of exile. As a matter of fact, in these verses, the psalmist is referring to Babylon. He's referring to the Babylonian exile. Dr. Tony Evans says this, God's people give thanks to Him for His gracious acts of redemption, redeeming them from Babylonian exile, but they give thanks for leading them back to the land He gave them. And then He says this, that regathering was only partial, however. It will be permanently fulfilled in the Messiah's millennial kingdom reign. See, I love this. When I read that psalm, Psalm 107, it it was about Israel. It was very specific about the exile that they walked through. And if you keep reading Psalm 107, you're going to see all the ways that God rescued them, all the ways that God delivered them. But I'm going to tell you something. Today, right here in Start, Louisiana, God is still redeeming. God is still rescuing. And I'm going to tell you something. God is still leading us. And if we keep our eyes on Jesus Christ, our Messiah, we're going to be a part. We're going to be a part of that kingdom forever and ever. And so we give thanks because God leads us. Listen, the Bible tells us and the psalmist says right here that he leads us by the straight way. By the straight way. And what did Jesus say in John? He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the way. The psalmist said God leads us by the straight way. I'm going to tell you, he is the straight way. Jesus Christ. You know what happens too many times in this life? Too many times in this life we compare or we measure ourselves by the person sitting next to us. Don't we? We do. We compare ourselves in our walk. We compare ourselves in where we are by looking at this one or that one. I'm going to tell you something. Look at Jesus. Don't look at nobody else. Just look at Jesus. Because I'm going to tell you, Jeff ain't the straight way. The person sitting across from you ain't the straight way. He is the straight way. If you want to measure where you are in your walk with God, you look to Jesus Christ. I've said this before and I'll say it again. The closer I seem to get to God, the more His light shines on me and the more filthy I find myself. The more desperate I realize my situation is. I need Jesus. I need His life and His light. I need Him to lead me. And so I give thanks to God because He leads me. But not only that, and I believe this is most important. You give thanks because God liberates you. That's what we see in Psalm 107, verses 1 through 9. We see liberation. God liberates you. In these verses, and really in the rest of chapter 107, to liberate means to set free. 
It means to set free. It's another, it's another word that we use. We use the word redeem. The word redeem, it means to pay a price in order to secure the release of something, to release someone. Liberation is to set free something or someone that is in bondage. And so we see in this chapter, and I'm just going to hash it out for you. In this chapter, in verse 4, it says, He frees those who are wandering. Do you see it? The wanderer is set free. Not only that, in verse 10, it says those who are imprisoned are set free. God liberates the prisoners. Not only that, in verse 17, it says those who are suffering are liberated by our great God, our good God. Verse 23, those who are drowning in the storms are liberated. They are set free. By our good God, by His enduring love. And in verse 35, it says, Those who are starving in the deserts. See, I I love this psalm because when you go through and you look at the description, right, of the Israelites and what they were going through, wherever they were, you can take that description of the Israelites and you can see it every day. In your life, in my life, in the life that we live right now, we've got so many people who are wandering right? They, they feel helpless. They feel hopeless. There are so many today who are imprisoned. They are in chains, bound by their sin. There are so many people today who are suffering. There are so many people today who are drowning in these storms of life. And I believe there are so many people who are starving today. There's, oh, they may be feeding, but they're starving because they're not feeding on the Word of God. See, I believe this world is broken. And I believe this world is broken because of my sin, your sin, our sin. What does sin do? The Bible tells us in Romans that sin separates us from God. It says the penalty of sin is death. That's physical and spiritual. It means to be separated from God. And so my sin separates me from God. Not only that, my sin separates me from you, from brothers and sisters. My sin, it separates me. Sin is the problem that I face each and every day. When I wake up in the morning, my sin is waiting on me. The tempter, the devil, is waiting, right? He's setting a snare. In the Bible, when the word snare is used, it it always leads to and means death. It's a death trap. So sin is the problem I face every day. It's not this person or that person or this situation or that situation. It's my own rebellious heart that is the problem. But thank God for redemption. Thank God for liberation, right? Thank God for His love. Thank God for His leading. Thank God for His liberation. Because God is the only one who can rescue me, and He has rescued me, and His name is Jesus. Jesus lived the perfect life that I could not live. Jesus paid the price on the cross that I could never pay. His blood washes me white as snow. Jesus is the way. He's the straight way. He's the truth. He's the life. You see, I have victory in Jesus. Now listen, we could keep reading. We could keep reading the rest of this psalm. But I'm telling you, I I believe we've read what we need to read this morning. You tell your story, and when you tell your story, you proclaim God's goodness. You say, well, Brother Jeff, I just, 
At work, I can't do that. Yes, you can. Find a way. God will make a way. Well, Brother Jeff, at school, I just, you know, I get so busy and I got to do this, I got to You can. You can tell your story about God's goodness. You can proclaim His goodness. Sometimes it only takes one sentence. Maybe it does take a paragraph. Maybe it takes one minute. Maybe it takes five minutes. Maybe it takes ten minutes. But you be faithful to whatever opportunity and how much ever time God gives you to tell your story about God's goodness. When you say, I'm thankful for, you fill in the blank. You might be sitting there saying, I'm thankful for my spouse. God gave you that spouse. Don't forget to proclaim God's goodness when you give thanks for. You might say, well, I give thanks for my children. Let me tell you, they're God's children, and He gave you the opportunity to love them and raise them on this earth. Give thanks to God for your children. You thankful for your job? Listen to me, God gave you that job. You thankful for the food on your table? God allowed you to eat that food and it be pleasing to your tongue. You know something I've missed the last couple of Sunday nights? We've been working and going and doing and we haven't, we haven't had our Sunday night Bible study. I'm going to tell you, I miss that. That food is pleasing to the tongue. You know what's better than that? That fellowship is pleasing to the heart. God did that. God made that available to you and available to me. And so we tell our stories and we proclaim God's goodness. What does the psalmist say right here? He says, God is good. I want to tell you what I told you last Sunday, and I'm going to keep telling you this. God's goodness is not based on your circumstances. It's not based on how you feel. You may wake up and say, man, I really don't want to go there today. I really don't want to do this today. Well, God's still good whether, whether you feel that way or not. You may wake up and say, oh, it's a beautiful day. Look at the sunshine. You may wake up and there'll be lightning bolts popping from the sky and clouds covering up the sun. Let me just tell you something. God's still good. Because God's goodness is not based on your feeling or my feeling or my circumstance or your circumstance. God is good all the time and all the time God is good. Do you mean that? Or is it just a phrase that you've just gotten used to saying and you just say it? It's different. When it comes from the heart, I know God's good whether I can see the sun or not. Because the truth is, the sun's still there. You can choose to celebrate God's goodness no matter where you are, no matter how you feel. You can choose to tell others your story no matter where you are and no matter how you feel. You may be telling somebody of God's goodness while you're brokenhearted and going through a trial, right? You may tell somebody of God's goodness when you're on the mountain and you're leaping for joy. But you have a choice to tell others your story and tell them about God's goodness. And I'm going to tell you, God's goodness was manifested in the man, Jesus Christ. It gets no better than that. It's the ultimate goodness. It's Jesus Christ. Did you know that when you tell your story, you're not only giving praise to God, you're also giving others the opportunity to know Him and come to Jesus themselves. Did you know that? You don't have to have an outline or 
a passage broken down with point one, point two, point three, like Brother Jeff on a Sunday morning behind the pulpit to preach the gospel, you can preach the gospel wherever you are with whoever you're talking to. Whether it's one, five, fifty, or five hundred. Whether it's a Sunday morning, a Monday morning, a Tuesday afternoon, or a Thursday night. If you are telling others about God's goodness and you are pointing them to Jesus Christ, you are preaching the gospel. You are praising God and you're giving someone else the opportunity to hear, to know, and maybe, just maybe, experience Jesus Christ for themselves. I pray today that when you see those two words, and we see it twice in this passage, give thanks. I I pray today that you can, where you're sitting right here right now, my prayer is that you can give thanks for Jesus Christ who is your Savior. Maybe today you're in here and you say, well, Brother Jeff, I, I give thanks for this, I give thanks for that, I give thanks for this, I give thanks for that, but I've never really, I've never really gotten to this Jesus. I'm going to tell you, Jesus loves you right here, right now, where you are. And Jesus lived a perfect life for you. Not so that you could just give thanks for your wife or your husband or your kids or your job. He lived a perfect life, died on the cross and rose from the grave to set you free from your sin, to redeem you, to liberate you so that you could have life full and everlasting. And if you can come to that spot and say, okay, not only do I know this Jesus, but I know this Jesus, not just with my head, but with my heart, now I get it. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit is already stirring your heart. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ, today is a day of salvation. The Bible says that if you will repent of your sin, that means not just say I'm sorry, it means this is me, this is who I am, this is what I've done, this is how I've lived, I am guilty. That's repentance. God, I'm guilty, but God, I don't want this anymore. And I know that you have done something to save me, to rescue me, to redeem me, to liberate me. You have made a straight way, and that way is Jesus. And so today, God, not just with my head, but with my heart, I believe in Jesus Christ. I repent of this life, this sin, and I accept Jesus Christ into my life as my Lord and my Savior, my Messiah. I'm going to tell you, the Bible says if you'll do that, if you'll repent of your sin, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you know what the Bible says? You shall be saved. It ain't based on Brother Jeff. It ain't even based on you. That's God's promise. And Brother Bradley's already said it. When God makes a promise, he's faithful. He keeps it. Unlike you and me. How many promises have you made and you didn't keep it? Boy, I would run out of paper and ink on that one too. God keeps his promises. And so God says right here, right now, wherever you are, if you will repent of your sin and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart, you shall be saved. I'm going to tell you, today is a day of salvation. In just a few moments, we're going to give thanks together and we're going to tell our stories by taking communion together. The bread that represents the body of Christ, the the juice that represents the blood of Christ, we're going to do that together because we give thanks to God for redemption and liberation. You might be able to do it for the first time today because you trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior.
Maybe you've, maybe you've done this many times. I'm going to ask you during this invitation to do business with God one-on-one. Get close to God and allow His light to shine upon you and repent of any sin. Repent of any sin, any rebellion that might be in your heart before you take these elements. I'm going to ask you to focus on Jesus Christ. Maybe just gaze at that stained glass window, that representation of Jesus Christ. Maybe just close your eyes and see Jesus with your mind's eye and just know that that is love. That is God's enduring love. That is God's demonstration of love for you. And for me, give thanks today. His love, His leading, His liberation. Because that's what these elements, that's what they mean.